Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com. Also check them out on Instagram at phoenixrods. And is also brought to you by Viking Heads. Check out Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. And we don't have a website yet, so hopefully soon. <laughs> um, this episode is going to be panel two, which is um, Big Rob, Shane, and Steph in all species. Shane Morgan, Rob Flauta, and uh, Stefan Kosal, all local uh, striper guys that are really good sticks, like some of the best in, in SoCal. So uh, we had them on and kind of talk, talk about stripers a little more. It was a roundtable that we wanted. It's just hard getting all these guys together. So when I could get them together like this, it's cool. Uh, it's a short one again. It's another hour. Um, but we have an additional episode this week, so that's good. Um but thanks to these three guys, they've been a big help to the podcast, uh, you know, kind of spilling their guts a little when, you know, people really don't want to talk about stuff and they did a little. So I appreciate that uh, for the constant support over the last couple of years, especially uh, and Shane, especially he's uh, helped man the, the ship when I couldn't do it when I'm doing other stuff like the live one. So thank you, Shane. Appreciate that. And um, yeah, this was a good one. Check out Bottom Dweller Baits as well. Uh, Rob part of that and it's a really cool company and uh, we'll have Aldo from Boondock Baits he's going to be out this uh, Thursday so that's really good check out the Patreon please if you could sign up it helps the spot the podcast keep going um, and then YouTube will be behind the paywall next year so if you want to watch a YouTube and you're a Patreon member you get to watch YouTube videos that's how it's going to work so uh, you'll get a private link. I don't know how I'm going to set it up. I might set it up on the same thing, Sprout Video, that I've been dealing with. And uh, you could just click in there and, and you're logged in through your IP or through your uh, your username. So that that's how the video is going to work. It's just too much work. And uh, I want to give you guys something. So if I'm going to do that work, at least if you're a Patreon member, you get to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can still listen to them. Nothing's going to change on that end. But I'm going to have some more saltwater guys on because I think this is the time that guys are. It slows down. You know, it's a lot of cod and, you know, deep dropping for swordfish and stuff. So they're doing that. But it's it's slowed down so I can get these captains on again. So I think one we're going to have is the bite. I think we're going to have the crew. 
and uh, we're going to do a Q&A as well. So that's going to be a good one. Um, Eric Bombard, Catalina Flyer, he's another one. He's really cool. Kind of a crossover one as well. He uh, he fished with uh, Bass Jack in a tournament standard for Calico. So he has a really cool story as well. So I got a couple other great freshwater guys I'm getting on as well. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Um, that's about it. Shirts will be up. I got to take them. I got to take pictures of them to put them up, but they should be up, I think, in the next two weeks. Uh, same thing with the Viking head stuff should be up by next year, I'm hoping. So, yeah, a lot going on. Um, I'm shipping everything out tomorrow for all the winners. Uh, everything, we made the labels and everything this weekend. That's all done. And we're dropping the toys off from the toy drive. Not from the toy drive, I'm sorry, from the uh, online raffle and the other raffles. We bought all the gifts. I think it was about 10000 in gifts. We have receipts for everything we'll be showing it. And we're taking it down to the spot in Long Beach that we're donating to and uh, going to bring them all the presents so they could give it to these kids which is going to be really cool to stoke some kids out on some of the presents. So um, that's about it for me, guys. Please check out the Patreon. Check out the Cast and Crank uh, podcast.com for, for merch, whatever we do have. And uh, check out Viking Heads. If you haven't followed them, please follow them. And I think that's about it. So I hope you like this episode. Aldo from Boondock will be Thursday. Thanks, guys. All right, here we go. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Next round table is with some amazing striper anglers. Um, Shane Morgan, Rob Flada, and Stefan Cosol, all species. Um, these guys have been doing it for a long time, so it's cool to get them together and their opinions together on um, what they think, how uh, striper fishing is. So let's start with the first question. These are, some of them are basic, so it's just basic one-answer things, and it's going to be like about a 45-minute to an hour panel. Uh, favorite time of year to target stripers, big fish, and also schoolies? Start with Shane. Big fish, uh, <clears throat> October to January. Schoolies all year long. And what was, the, what was the other part of the question? Just a favorite time of year. My favorite time of year is October to January. I have caught some big fish in the summer, but... The fall months, the, I like to throw top water, and, and that's the prime time. All right, Rob. I don't fish schoolies. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Schoolies all year long, but as far as the big fish, I like between like January and late March, early April, because they're full of the eggs. They're stocking up before the spawn. Okay. They seem to be a little bit more aggressive at that time. Stefan? Um, I do it all, man. Um, I would say summertime for me. Really? For big fish. Uh, you know, I don't just fish like the local lakes, but I kind of branch out a little bit uh, yeah. the river system. And, and so different times of the year, it may be seasonal if you only kind of like um, marginalize yourself in this local context. But yeah, just all year long. Nice. Big, I, I mean, big fish for us is, you know, over 20 or the SoCal scene. Yeah. Um, this is a great one. This is going to kind of go a couple different ways. Most effective technique for you guys. Stars, Shane. As of late, um, the 250 depths, 
in the past, it's, it's been the bucktail. But I have been um, throwing the glide in the aqueduct as of late. Rob. Top water. I Always. like to fish top water. Top water. You know, Tanner's bait in years past, Jeremy's bait. There's, there's always been good baits, but I like to bring these fish to the surface. You make them commit. You know, it's not really a game of followers with the stripers. You either make them bite or they don't bite. I don't even want to see the ones that don't want to bite. So, top water. Stephen? Yeah. Um, for me, it would be like situational, but you always see like a 250 on deck, uh, a big top water. And uh, a soft bait, I usually didn't really do soft baits back in the days, um, but mostly those, those are three, three areas, I, uh, three baits that I kind of keep on my deck. You guys know. won't just fish big baits for stripers, will you fish other stuff or just always a top water? Can I change my answer? Stefan's was better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you guys right? I do. You guys I, will... I do it all. I, I mean, I fish magnum spoons, like 9-inch, 10-inch spoons. Um, again, conditions are going to tell me what, uh, where these fish are, what, I'm, what I want to do, because sometimes I can still fish a big bait, super deep water. Um, I'll troll a fly. I'll put lead core out. It's called fly coring. It's been around for the last 15, 16 years, and, um, and you can put a big fly on. That's like a big bait. Um, you can do a lot, a lot of things. So it's not just big baiting, but... In this last few seasons, it's just been like big baits, so less trolling, more more throwing. Mm -hmm. um, this is one that you guys. This is great. I haven't heard anyone talk about live scope with the stripers. What do you guys feel on that? No, no good, no bueno. You don't need it. Is it going to help? You you can pan around and they'll, they'll stay out of the cone. What do you mean? <clears throat> they can feel it. When you when you point the cone at them, they'll move. Really? Yeah. You guys have that ex you have experience too, Rob? I don't even half the time more than I, I think I've had the sonar on my boat this year. I bought a new boat in the beginning of the year. I've taken it out of the rod locker and put it on I think three times. Shit. Like I don't yeah. I don't like to fish with sonar. I I'm I'm big and being in the water. I grew up my whole life being in the water. You jump in the water around a bass boat, you hear it. Yep. That's the sonar. I don't care if it's forward facing. I don't care if it looks up in the sky. It makes noise. You know, and I believe in being quiet. A lot of times I don't even like to be on spot lock. If I can get an anchor down, I'll put an anchor down. Really? I, I rather, I rather be completely, again, I'm not looking for scraps for my table. I'm looking for a fish that, you know, is going to excite me. And I believe that those bigger fish avoid all of that. Yeah. Stefan? Yeah, that's why Rob is Rob. He gets major big trophy stripers down here. I'm more of like, dude, I want some solid teeners. I want some big fish, you know, because I felt like that time for me of getting, like, the big fish and, like, during the day on a boat, it has shifted for me. Like, if I, you know, walk into Silverwood or something like that, I might have a chance still with a big fish. But forward-facing sonars, um, I've seen schoolies, catching schoolies and spooning them and stuff. Like, in deep water, you're fine. They start to get used to it and you got to kind of follow them around but um, for me I don't have it on my boat I fish it on other people's boats um, it's cool but when I'm fishing big baits I tend to just like you know I have my map on turn off my sonar and just kind of find my spots and 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 run you know looking at the depths where I'm finding fish so what about shore shore pounding uh, you think uh -huh. you can 
get a little better fish from the shore than you can on the boat? A hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. A hundred percent. So you, has your best big fish been off the shore? It's so yeah, many of my big of fish have come yeah. from the shore. Why, why so? Like, why do you think? I, they, listen, me and Shane used to fish the night things at Castake when they first came in. It's no secret to everybody. In the, back in the beginning of my striper fishing, I fish a lot at night. I can go and catch the shit out of them. The second a boat hits the water in a night fishing event, you will not get a bite from a striper. They're, they're skittish, man. These are super skittish fish. They see really well. They like to feed at night. They know there's not supposed to be anything around. You know, when you're the only thing on a shoreline, they don't know you're there, and they see your bait swimming down. Well, they don't have no red flags. Yep. So, you know, that's a big thing. Shore fishing is the guy who taught me most of the important things that I know about striper fishing is Greg Silks, and he spent the majority, had boats, but he spent the majority of his trophy hunting from the shore. There's a reason. He, Greg, Greg Brain, the center console, made it kind of popular, right? Yeah, the Ranger Right here. Day. Yeah, he was like the first one to have it out here. And then this guy right here, he had the second one. Did you? This is the Skeeter? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 2004. You bought that for that reason? Yeah. And your boat, you have the same boat as me, right, Stefan? Yeah, Lund? we got aluminum Lund. Do you have that for a choice or just what you like or you're comfortable with? I just feel it? like... Like, when people say, you know, that's your home lake, I'm just like, wherever stripers are, that's kind of like where I'm at. So I can go up north or go down, you know, go uh, east. Um, so having an aluminum boat, just trailering thing, that thing around is so much easier getting by. I may not be as stealthy as, like, Butch's boat where it sits lower and you kind of mm-hmm. hide or a kayak, but um, that's why I tend to find things that help me make better casts, longer casts, because I got to mask myself a little more. So. Probably helps your Kid. technique somewhat as, you know, as well. And at, at night, the stripers come in. So during the daytime when they're out suspended in the deep water, unless you're on a boat, you're you not going to have a boat. You're, you're not going to get to them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you, are, do you aiming for it, Rob, your big fish that you want from the shore? I would prefer it. Yeah. It's a lot more manageable. I'd rather have that thing, if, you know, my record, this, my goal this year is to set a record at Pyramid. And I won't claim that record. There is no official record, but if I don't have a fish to bring to the scale that's over 50 pounds, then I'm not going to claim that record. But I would love to catch it from the shore because at the end of the fight, when it's most important, he doesn't have 20 different escape routes. He's either going to come to me or he's going to get away. When they're on a boat, so many things could go wrong, and putting a 50-pound striper in the net... Not easy, dude. Yeah, you. Um, do you feel over the, the years it's it's gotten harder? And another thing, do you feel like they get uh, used to the baits? Some of the baits you throw, you know, and they just start as effective. These these fish get accustomed to angles and baits. Um, Tanner's bait, for instance. You know, I have a spot at Pyramid that is a joke now. There's, I don't even go there. I don't even go there because 10 people have thrown on it during the week. It, it just it is what it is. It's the nature of the game. I don't hate on anybody for fishing a spot that they learned about from watching a video or hearing it from a friend or seeing me there. I, you know, it's fishing, man. Go do your thing. But, yes, they do get accustomed to it. You know, I had spots where I could get followers, big followers, on certain baits. And that's why it's always important to maybe go buy another bait, something out of your comfort zone. You know, give them a different look, something different that they want to they wanna see. There is something new and magic out there. You just got to find it. Yeah. And don't wait until you see that other people are catching them go. 
but when the conditions are right. Yeah. Are you feeling the same way, Stefan? Will you go and try some new stuff? If you just, you know? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, um, the whole soft bait thing has been so, so new to me, too. Um, I usually fish the 250 or any big glide bait. You know, the Hinkle was super popular. But just getting a bait from Andrew was, was crazy, you know? <laughs> so waiting five years for, you know, some extras was, was wild. But still, I love the guy. Just love the bait. But, um, I mean, they're... The new things is like for me was fishing the big spoon, you know. Uh, that's something that this has been recent people, the last couple of years. You've been, yeah, the last couple of years yeah, of just yeah. keeping it on the low. I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> not anymore, but it's like I, I mean, it's out there now, it's, a, it's available. Before, I used to have to use like halibut dodgers and stuff, and you know, cut them and bend them and stuff, and and now, now, you know, there's a, there's a company that makes big spoons, so um. But yeah, that, that would be that's something. That's been more of a tool lately for you. Absolutely. I, and that's mainly, you know, deeper water, summertime type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or do you guys fish a spoon as well? Shane, Rob? No? I'll Look at Rob's like, don't talk about I'll the spoon the anymore. <laughs> Everybody fishes a spoon. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to fishing a spoon, but I have to have a purpose. Because when I fish a spoon, then I feel like I'm just catching things that I want to eat. Now, as far as like. I like to go to the lake and just put in the time for one bite. Do you want that one big bite? I really do, man. It, it, it's, it's hard to do those, for those people that don't know. Like, I worked for Butch for 20 years. So I learned the discipline that it takes to go to the lake 100 times and not get a fucking bite. You know? It, people think, oh, that's, that's unconceivable that that happened. Well, it is when you're targeting that fish. But the reward when you get to hold that fish or even lose that fish is you can't... You can't copy it in any other way so yeah. it makes a sense yeah yeah the feeling yeah. that you get when you hook a big fish lose a big fish see a big fish is that you have some sense of accomplishment what about research for you guys because i mean like when you're looking into these lakes or wherever you fish i mean sure you could look on instagram and see what other people are fucking that's doing. what i do i just go where shane goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean to, to kind of research your own stuff are you on like google maps a lot are you looking for points are you looking at weather conditions are you guys looking at moon phase weather conditions and, and that the the lakes we've been fishing them for so long that we we know all the structure and everything in them yeah they have they have such great mapping now that you yeah. really don't need to back yeah. in the day yeah google maps was a big thing for me because i could see shadows i could see different things you know and but now with the mapping Turn your sonar on, you know. Like, I I I know where I'm fishing. So yeah. if I go to a new body of water, then yeah, I'll put a sonar on the console of my boat. I hate having them up front; they get in my way. Follow Stefan around. <laughs> what was that? Much. Or follow Stefan around? Oh God! Now, Stefan, you do you fish a lot of different lakes? What do you do to like kind of prep? Um, you know, when you think fish, you think conditions, you think current, you think. Um, bait when you think bait you think a lot of these things because being versatile like for me I just like catching big fish you know maybe I'm not the trophy hunter like Rob but that's that's where I like for me it's like getting that big bite if, if, if it's a 10 pounder or 28 pounder or 30 pounder it's like I'm looking for multiple bites in a day and so I would be zipping and zooming everywhere and looking at the conditions of current or wind um, and the displacement of the sun, like 
things like that. Like hey, shadow. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you already talked so, about it on our podcast. Bro. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, like the sun on my face is, means sun on their backs. You know, like the river system when you're fishing shallow water, all that matters a lot. You know, the time of day you fish. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those fish can eat all day long, but you're finding a space where you can be elusive to them and they can't see you. Like you have that chance of getting that bigger bite versus that schooly bite, you know? So. Makes sense. Um, this is a great question over, I mean, the last like four to five years, do you see a decline in trophy fish? Do you think that's due to the fishery or the uh, popularity? Like, It has to do with the fishery. Everything, I think. Yeah. There's more people out there. Our, our lakes are low. Um, we're going through a cycle right now. Of is that affecting you guys for the striper as well, too? Yeah, I think yeah. water quality is a lot. Yeah. You know, you got the river system up north where, like, they get water pumped in. It's fresh. Things yeah. come in and out. Where we don't have that, we have just the system that comes to the aqueduct. And, you know. Um, we're not getting those nutrients. You know, anymore. and we don't even have water in some of our lakes like that, like before. So. A lot, a lot of that caters to how bait fish is able to reproduce without being damaged by just the fishery itself. So you'll get a lot of smaller, skinnier fish because of the lack of food or the lack of trout plants. And, and a lot of that just caters to trophy, trophy fishery in general. Five years ago, were you guys catching more like, you'd be like, okay, this year I'll probably catch two 30-pounders. Where now it's like I caught two twenty fives, two twenty twos, is yeah. like what you're looking at now. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot to do with the big fish. Some people agree, some people disagree. Um, I try to let a lot of shit go. When I was younger, I didn't. I killed everything, <laughs> man. We all did. Yeah. You know, but now when you when you kill a big fish, maybe not so much in like the river system. Stefan goes out and fishes. That has a major influx of fish that move from the basin, up the river, different areas, up north, same thing. But in these lakes, dude, when you kill a 25 pounder, like you just took your 30 pounder for the next year. And it could even be two months later with three mm-hmm. trout in his belly, could weigh 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like you take away, this, this isn't the old days, dude. You could take a picture, you can weigh it. Everybody should have a fucking scale in their pocket. Just like you have a cell phone in your pocket. Right. Don't come to me and tell me you caught a big fish and you don't have a picture of it. Come on, bro. You have a cell phone in your pocket. What like, year is this man fought? But they all, everybody kills their fish, man. I felt really bad. I killed that 37 I caught last year. And it I, I didn't want too. to. He just ate it so deep it ripped his gill and he wouldn't swim away. I feel bad yeah. killing big calico when I do, and I shouldn't, but I do. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I felt that bad. I hate the fuck out of it. (laughs) 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 Um, What what do you guys think makes you a more successful fisherman? Because you guys are, you know, some of the top anglers at Fish Striper around here. What do you think it's time on the water? Do you think it's the people you surround yourself with? What do you think it is? Just fishing in general. Yeah. I mean, just being putting, just going and going. I and think going. Uh, the people that you surround yourself with, and the type of people who are real and honest, that are like low key. Um, for me, when I was coming up, fishing was just—it wasn't big. And then it just got big when the skateboard uh, skateboarding industry kind of like flipped that side up mm-hmm. over, kind of made it more popular, more like you know inviting. 
But back then, it was like, you didn't know somebody unless you're at the lake. Like, I didn't, I wouldn't have known these guys, like, I would know him through Instagram now, but back then, it was like, yeah, I see you on the water. Like, and he has, he's dragging a 15, 16 pounder, you know, like, so that's how I met these guys, was just being on the lake and, and uh, meeting him there. Oh, sorry, I was getting another beer. <laughs> um, same thing, Rob, do you feel the same? I'll make it three beers, three beers. If you could, thank you. Yeah, three beers. Um, how do you, how do you feel the same same way about that, Rob? Just surrounding yourself with the right people, the right group of guys. You know, how I mean, all you guys saltwater fish as well. That's another I, I, thing, dude. I would say it has a lot to do with yes, who who you're around. It also has to do with the stuff that you fish. You fish quality, okay? You know, I I don't fish shit. Um, a, a big part of my game when it comes to striper is my castability, what I can do. And that's, that's because I put in the time to figure out the right rod, the right reel, the right line for each bait, not for one, for everything. Everything has its own, you know. You, you don't go to a, work on a car and have one crescent wrench and one five and one screwdriver. You, you got to have tools for the trade. And learning those tools and learning the best tools for that trade is what I credit to a lot of my success. And that's just been years trying different stuff. A hundred percent. And being around the right people that make the right shit. Yeah. Same thing with you, Shane? Yeah. Back in the day, we, we would go under any conditions. You know, six, seven, seven days a week, nighttime in the morning. And over the years, we learned the, the prime time to go. But the other thing... I see a lot of guys that are out there, three, four guys on a boat. Everybody's throwing big baits. If you're trying to get a big fish, you're not going to get it that way. All of my good fish have been with me being by myself. That's another thing is fishing by yourself is probably a lot different too, right, Stefan? You do a lot of, you fish by yourself a lot, right? I do. Um, you know, and I don't mind bringing like, you know, some of the kids from, the shop I work at, fishing, and um, just mentoring, mentoring them, and just kind of giving them a different outlook. Because when I grew up um, doing this, it was like it was very ego, like ego driven, like the amount of fish you can catch and the biggest fish you can catch. And and now, now it's just looking back and like, how, what's what's next? What's this next generation gonna look like? You know, when you kind of grow, and get a little bit more maturity behind you, you, you kind of look at things differently now too. Did you think you had like, like your, the camaraderie between fishermen then was a little different as well? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was more sacred. Yeah. You know, it, now yeah. it's just kind of like you can get info anywhere, and it's like, if the info you're getting it from it's not good, then you kind of like that's how people fall apart, and you know you lose value in those relationships because this dude lied to me or, or this guy lied to me. It's like, hey, like why not? Don't say anything at all. Like you know, if if you gotta you know lie, you know. It's more like, hey, I respect you. Nice catch. Like, when I talk to Rob, I'm like, I don't go, hey, dude, man, like, what would you do? Hey, where'd you catch that fish? You know, like, it's like out of of respect for me, like, growing up from the olden days, it's like, dude, congrats, man. You work hard for that. You got that. Like, I'm stoked for you. Like, my day will come, you know? Like, like for me, I'm humbled to be on the stage with these dudes, you know, like, looking up to them as a teenager. And and even some of the guys, like, I got some guys from the old shop that I worked with, you know, like, down here... um, coming to support and like I look up to them they're hardcore anglers too and yeah I go wow like fishing saved my life because I got into something that pulled me away from everything else so 
Same thing with you, Rob, right? I mean, if your fishing's been a huge part your whole life. Oh, 100%. Help me straighten it out. Gave me something to do. Yeah. Come off Hollywood you know. Boulevard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, more street walking for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I look really cute in them tight jeans. I know, I've seen it. Yeah. No, you haven't. <laughs> Where's your shants? Oh, not anymore. I don't yeah. wear shants anymore. What up, dog? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a real player. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me uh, pull my socks up. Hang uh-oh, on. Oh, sock check. <laughs> um, how about using? Do you ever guys ever go back to a, a lure you used a long time ago, man? You know, like uh, same thing with fish cycles. Okay, ba- lure like cycling different lures. I know Shane. You've always talked about some old stuff. Will you go, man, maybe this will work again, and maybe people aren't using it as much. Do you do that as well? After I was on the podcast last time, I, I went out and I started throwing the smirk again. That's what I was saying, right? Yeah. I mean, and did it, is it producing? Yeah. See, do you, got, do you do that too, Rob, or are you just I, ha- I have an old bait that produces. I have a couple of them. The Cast A Chubby Cheeks mm-hmm. and the Z-Plug. Mm-hmm. Those are baits. A lot of these <clears throat> new anglers don't even know what a Z-Plug is. Maybe they heard the word before, mm-hmm. but they haven't fished it, you know, and... If they fished it, it's not a special one like I've got. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah, old baits. Definitely, you know, again, like I said earlier, you want to change it up. Yeah. You want them to see something different. They can't just see the same bait every day and all of a sudden you're the magic guy. It might happen, but the chances of it happening are far less. You go to the dam, everybody's throwing a punker down the whole thing. Well, now, like, I feel like, I mean, the fin bait, everyone throws the fin bait. I mean, Tanner on the podcast is like, the dudes are fucking yelling at me. And I'm like, dude, that's my bait. I made it throwing it at him, you know, like. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? What bait is that? The fin bait. Bottom dweller. Is that a good bait? I heard it's, I heard it is. (laughs) You don't know, you never use it, huh? He's not in here. He's watching my booth. Okay, good guy. So do you feel the same way, Stefan? Like you, you kind of do the change up? The old Absolutely. Stuff? So I started in the old school. Like the we didn't. It wasn't swim baits back then. It was plugs. You know, like the whole swim bait thing was like a different. Like somebody else coined the phrase to that. And but back then it was the Z plug, and that's that's one of our mentors from back then. Where where uh, I got to sit under and listen and just kind of just just watch this dude. Like you know, legendary striper angler uh, for for us. You know, like. And so him pulling out a Z plug and giving it to a young kid, it was just like, for me, it was like, wow, I don't even know what to do with this until like taking the time and like now seeing this bait and still using it now, it's like those fish, like it's like, it, it's like day one again, like, you know, like there's a couple different uh, baits that he made, it was a jointed waking bait. Um, and then the, the single, it's what I've, I've been pulling out recently. It's like a single plug, it's just a straight plug. It looks like a, it's an old like salmon plug, J plug type of lure, but it zigzags. It's like a, like a glide bait too, but um, a single piece plug. And I pulled that out quite a bit, you know, too. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, How old is that, babe? Yeah. Older than me. Right? Older than Jerry (laughs) Rego? Oh, I Dude, I'm, I'm 30. I'm just saying there was glide baits yeah, out there before I, all of us. I'm so. 37 now, so it's it's he's been around before me. So, <laughs> and it's not like a J plug. It's it's a national. It it does something different than the other plugs. Yeah. The, so. How big of a uh, is mechanics as well when you striper fish? Like, <clears throat> do you think there's a big separation from a striper fisherman from a largemouth guy? That it's probably kind of the same deal. Are you reading different waters? Are you reading, you know what I'm trying to say? I think Not anymore. No. I, I think it used to be like that when these largemouth used to set up on banks and eat crawdads and everything else. But in the majority of the lakes now that if you don't get in where you fit in, then you don't eat. Yeah. So I'm finding big fish traveling with schools of stripers. Yeah. In places where there, there wouldn't be bass before. You know, throwing over 80 feet of water and a, you know, six to eight pound bass follows you to the boat on a, 12 inch top water. What the fuck are you doing out here? Right. Like he's eating because he's got to get in where he fits in. You know, like Stefan said earlier, the, the lakes lose their population of food for these bass to eat and big stripers to eat. So everybody kind of works together. That's what, that's what you've seen the fishery change big and right? Yeah. 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 With them raising and dropping the water at Castaic, it's killed all the crawdads. Really? Fuck, man. Yeah. Did you guys ever crawdad fish? Hell yeah. Hell no. Yeah. What do you mean? I, I worked for Butch Brown for 20 years. <laughs> Taught me how to do that shit in the beginning. That was, that was fun stuff, man. Before, you know, there was those days when we would go out and throw big baits. But there was those days when we went out and made crawdads and fish crawdads and had fun. And the only rule was you couldn't have a net in the boat. You got a 13, 14, you had to bounce 15, them in. 13, 14, 15 pound fish jumping out the side. You got to lip that fucker. No net. <laughs> no net when you bait fish. That's cool. There's, there's stuff like, like, I like trolling. I don't think trolling, like, it sounds fun to me. Like, when I had Rig on, a couple other guys that troll. So I'm like, that's something, you know? Do you guys do that as well? Will you troll? No. No. I, I mean, I've, I've trolled for stripers in the marina at Castaic mm-hmm. or certain areas on the lake because I can get the boat a hundred yards behind the boat, you know, and they don't know I'm there, but I, I'll go to sleep, dude. I got narcolepsy. <laughs> I ain't gonna troll. I'll crash my boat, dude. Yeah. Do you, will, you, will you troll Shane? Um, if I need to make a cast that I can't make, I'll, I'll throw it and I'll, I'll troll around the point and pull it across. But for the most part, really. yeah. Stefan, that's why I got, I have my boat, you know, I'm very, I got a two stroke. I'm, I'm versatile. You know, I don't have a big motor. It's not loud. Mm-hmm. My mentor, Greg Silks, you know, he was the best troll I've, I've ever yeah. known, still known, you know, um, from lead core to top lining, all that, you know. So for me to learn a lake, I would, I, I just do donuts around the lake just to understand structure and how fish set up. And so for me, it's just I take what I learned from the, the other techniques and I set up the way I do to cast and, and, and you know, so you, for right. you, I guess the difference between you guys is you're, you're using your trolling as like a fish finder. Maybe you're going back to spots and hitting them. Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I had my bay boat, I used to troll. Do the same thing? Yeah. yeah. And you just 
too much for you, Rob. You'd rather just cast and, and figure your spots out? No, there are a couple of spots that you can't, you can't get a long enough cast to let the bait sink out without, but you, you know, you just put out a ton of fucking line and I'll troll through those areas when they're there. And it's, and it's really effective. But for the most part, that's, that's not my game. Yeah. It's meat fishing, basically. Like, you want to take some meat <laughs> home, we got a party, taco party. I just throw, you know, throw the line back and just, you know, find him and just, you know, versus trying to sit and, you know, finesse them out. What do you think the correlation be saltwater and uh, stripers for you guys? Because I feel like not only you guys are really good striper anglers, you're really good saltwater fishermen as well. You know what I'm saying? That's because you can take a freshwater fisherman and put him in the saltwater and he'll excel. It's not crude. Salt, if you're just no saltwater, put a bait on a hook, throw a crude ass swim bait, everything eats. You know, like, it's not the same. You, you take a freshwater guy that's good, that's savvy, that reads the environment, that recognizes well, dude, look situations. look at John Curry, like, for instance. A hundred percent. And you take him and you put him out there, you know, like... These guys excel. You bring saltwater fishermen to the freshwater, they don't do as well. But yeah. they, they, they continue to buy your baits and everything else. So <laughs> everybody works together, man. Are you throwing the bottom dollar for stripers as well? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. What, uh, what do you recommend, Mike? What, what bait do you like throwing and uh, rig and stuff? And That's do you guys all, I'm sure you guys all throw it so you can kind of talk but, each uh, the nine inch, what nine I've got inch. out there. Yeah, it's just, it's something different. <clears throat> it's, it's got three motions to it. It's got head, body, and tail. You know, when a lot of baits have two of three is the best you're going to get, you know, but it has everything. Like and a it, good hyena. I <laughs> Same thing with you. you. You like using, like, you could rig it a different way. Do you, same as Rob, what he's telling I'm, you to do? I'm fishing on a lead head. But I'm not fishing the night. What kind of lead head? Viking. <laughs> Just, but you know what I'm saying? Like, do you yeah. have a different... Mega bass. But, <laughs> oh, my bad. Anyways, you can get the mag drafts outside, so... <laughs> I've been putting the six inches on an A-rig, too. You're putting those on an A-rig? How big? Six. Fuck me, that's huge. What A-rig do you like? That's using what she that? said. <laughs> Homemade. A what? Homemade. Homemade A-rig? Nice. Are you, Stefan, same thing? Rigging I, the same I, you know, I fish it the way I fish for calicos, just weedless. It's a six. Oh, I've been fishing the six inch because um, I got that earlier. I just got the nine inches, so I haven't um, put too much time in it yet. But just, just the way calico, calico fishing it. But stripers and bass, I'm learning they do not eat it like calicos. Calicos will just munch it and. You, you can always almost hook them every single time. But stripers, I've, I'm learning from not setting the hook right or my rod's too stiff or, you know, it has to load up and let that hook set. So, um, but yeah, I'm just fishing it weedless, like a three-quarter three ounce uh, ADOT. And uh, they love that bait because I can keep that bait down, like, deep without warrant. And I can fish it fast or twitch it, but mostly just slow bottom doling, slow roll. Um, yeah. So... Oh, so adding like that, that to, yeah, just slow, like, it's something new to my arsenal, because, like, you know, for me, like, when these guys feed me these baits, it's just, like, it's new to me, and I'm learning, and I'm, I'm actually figuring out what rod works for me, because he fishes something different, and I fish something different, so 
Uh, but it's it's definitely a killer bait. Um, I lost a huge largemouth on it. That's the only <laughs> that's the only cry I have. Like, it was like it was like I first got it and I hooked this giant largie and I thought I had it and it just shook the hook and I just never probably never even hooked them. You know, came up and shook his head and said bye bye. <laughs> so. What um? Let's go through your guys's gear really quick to see the differences like how you each fish. So start with Shane. What are you throwing for? Let's start with the uh, soft plastic and then also your top water for your fin bait. The top water I'm throwing a 909 XH for the Tranks 400. And the other uh, baits I'm fishing um, M1 inshore, medium heavy and heavy. 909. That's fucking long, dude. That's because I'm tall. <laughs> well, for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not going to change anything. He knows what's, yeah. you know, there's a reason. You can't make that same cast with a short rod. And that thing loads up great. Everything on that rod's perfect. And you can't. And it's a, another question: Is that a straight, like from the factory built nine hundred nine? A hundred percent. Really? They got them right out there. Yeah. That's how I bought those rods in the beginning. I I've had all people three. question me about that. I tell them what you told me. They go, "What do we use?" And I tell them that. They go, "No." Something else. I'm like, I, they said that's the fucking rod. I don't know. You know. A lot of guys can't handle it. Really, it's too much. That fin bait's a lot of work, though, right? If you work it correctly, it's it's. But if you don't have the right rod, you're not going to stick those hooks in. It also depends on what fin bait you're fishing. Yeah. So if you're fishing the grandpa, you can get away with the, the, <laughs> what Give is that? The juice Fucking Shimano. Oh. Uh, tranks? Uh, tranks. You can get away with the tranks, seven, six, if you're fishing the grandpa. If you're fishing the great grandpa, that's too fast. You're, you're, you will never get a cadence with that. You need to fish the Daiwa Alexa is the only one that makes a spool size big enough at a full cast to still have line on it, to work it properly, and it's a seven to one. Also available outside? It, it, it is, you know, there's, there's, everything has its own place. I fish tranks on everything else on my boat. All of my freshwater reels are Shimano, except for the great grandpa reel. Mm -hmm. And all of my ocean reels are Daiwa. So well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I like to hear is, the little different nuances each of you do. What do you do, Stefan, as well? Um, man, so I'm, I have so many Hot rods and reels now. So when it comes to like wood baits, like not everyone's the same. And I've talked to, I have conversations with Tanner all the time. Like this one's too heavy. This one takes more work. <laughs> this one's too tall. Cause they like, I've got three big, four great, uh, big grandpas and every single one's different, you know? So um, when it comes to working that bait, uh, extra, extra heavy rod, I use like a, a Leviathan Omega rod, which I kind of found just, I've never researched before, like for this, but I was like reading up like reviews. I'm like, okay, I just need a rod that can just beast this thing, man. Like it's only five and a half, five and a half ounces, but it's a big bait to still throw. Um, and so, uh, every, uh, like every, uh, uh grandpa, like what Rob was saying, built different. So, uh, tranks. I use a. So he doesn't like the tranks for the uh, great grandpa, but I like the tranks for the the big grandpa a lot. Why? Why so? Straight, straight Rob's got faster. Bigger, Rob's got bigger hands. Um, yeah. So they fish longer rods than me too, and I don't fish anything over eight eight foot anymore. Really? I fish solo a lot. So a nine foot rod, and you're trying to solo <laughs> net the fish on a, a higher, uh, a, you know, our boat set up yeah, higher. Set high, so yeah. it's like, you're doing a nine foot <laughs> rod and you're trying to, you know, try doing a eight foot rod on a kayak. It's like a pain in the butt, right? Yeah. So 
Um, so I kept everything at eight foot, um, a little stout, stouter tip. And so um, when you find that, find what's comfortable for me, I'm short, my arms are short too. So finding the right, right mix and weight. Yep, that's right. <laughs> what do you, did you, now to counter what the long rod does, are you using a different reel ratio? So it's, it's still a 7.6. 7. 7, okay. Yeah, because the way that bait moves, it wants to glide pretty far. And the heavier it gets, it doesn't glide as far. So um, with the mono, the heavier mono, I like it because it, it actually drags the line. So when you're pulling that bait, it, it pulls that bait around. So when you fish it with braid, you'll, you'll lose that aspect of, the, of that bait. So fishing it on heavier mono helps me get that, the best, best walk I can get with a, a, a big grandpa. So if that helps. What about your soft class, like a, like a hog hunter or something like that? What are you throwing? And I've, I've gone through so many different rods. Really? And I go back to my old Akuma 7.6. Is that uh, the one you dove in the water to get? No, that was, so, that was a different one. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm still learning. Like, as I, I'm growing, like, I'm adding stuff to my arsenal, and I'm learning different rods and different things to use and what I really like. Because back in the days, dude, I was a poor you know, young kid that just was grinding at a tackle shop, working and buying the rods, you know, what I could with the little amount of money I would make. And so I would use whatever I had, you know, like, so I would use the same rod for top water, soft bait, you know, but now that I've gotten older, I have like that luxury of like finding the right thing. And so with the hog hunter, um, I've been using this old rod that um, uh, Mark Rogers gave me. It's a seven, six, C3 rod that they don't even make that no more and that's like my my mag, magnum rod rod uh you know soft bait and then with the mag x I use the same Le leviathan rod okay that double xh um and and that one has like a little faster taper and helps me pin those bigger fish and bring them to the boat Rob what are you using for your soft plastics like the what do you use your bottom roller setup I'm I'm still using an old Loomis uh, BBRC, which was the blue blank back mm -hmm. when they made it, and then I have 957. Like, I'm so stuck on replacing those. I was just telling my, my buddy Eddie, um, like, I, I gotta find new rods. These, I can't even wrap these guides back on anymore. I'm afraid the rods are gonna break. I, I just, yeah. I'm so in tune with the rod. I know I can push the bait against the wind. I, even with the dweller, the dweller's, you know, five ounce bait. Like you can throw it into the wind, but you need to fish it with the right rod. You can't go out there and fish it with a medium, you know, because it's not tall as a mag. It weighs as much as a mag. Yeah. You know, it's just better than a mag. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Mag's great. Day. Shane, what are you using? <clears throat> a, a 790. Really? Yeah. Wow. What are, what are we really using? Tranks. Trank I trained 400 thing. on all my stuff. 400? Yeah. On all your shit, too. I, uh, I got a couple of the, um, what are those round ones? The silver, uh, the, the silver 300s. Oh, the, the DCs? The, the Ds. Yeah, the D oh, series. Oh, you like the, the Calcutta, Calcutta Ds? Yeah, I had yeah. a couple of those. Why Why you choose those? For braid. Braid? Yeah. Are you going straight bait on your, on your Fimbits? Leader? Leader. How much leader are you putting on, and what? Well, on the 909XH, I'm going straight mono, 30-pound P-line. On the other stuff, I'm throwing 50-pound 
to 20 or 25 pound sealer. Same thing with Rob? Yeah, it's, it's all of my stuff is mono or fluorocarbon. I, I, braid is only a backing on my reel. It's, I put a cast and a half on, I re-spool every trip. Mm-hmm. Every trip? Yes, Fuck. yes, P-line, I fish P-line I, on, on all the baits that I'm not fishing fluorocarbon on. And then with fluorocarbon, it's, you know, depending on how much I fished it, but if I fished a good amount of the day with that, then I peel it off and I put new stuff on. I mean, how much you'll, money are you throwing? You'll fish 25 years and have a fish break you off because <laughs> right. you didn't change the line. Especially that 50 pounder, you're like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, that's the cheapest part of your trip at the end of the day. You know, same thing goes with the ocean. I go on long range trips and people want to bring out cheap ass hooks and they break. <laughs> You know, cheap things, cheap line, cheap fluorocarbon. That's the cheapest part of your trip. Why are you skimping? Like, mm. fuck, dude, don't even fish that. Take some of my shit. Yeah. I, I don't want to see you lose fish. Yeah. You know? Same thing with you, Stefan. Uh, what was the question again? Uh, leader, material. Oh. Pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. Student. I'm, a, I'm still a student, you know, here as well. So, um, but yeah, uh, man, uh, the last several years just, you know, going with, Floral and and you know top shotting it basically with a cast and a half because that stuff gets pretty expensive. Um, but mono big game forty pound thirty pound that's that was just all I rocked with back in the days and I, I remember seeing some of the older guys rocking like fifteen pound and twenty pound fishing these big baits and I'm like bro like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a heart you're gonna have a heartbreak real quick. Yeah. And, you know, some of those guys learned, and I'm like, yeah, dude, nothing lower than 30 pound. Um, you know, money don't grow on trees for me, so. Um, Will you downsize to, um, to get a bite? I, I have now. Okay. With the, the amount of pressure and the, the amount of people throwing baits, like, I definitely learned from the master of, like, masking myself with Butch with, like, hey, go smaller, go. You Even know, on your boat, stealth. you came up, to, I went to Pyramid. And he fucking drove up next to me, and I'm by myself. I asked Shane, like, hey, well, I'm going to try it out. He's like, what's up, man? I'm like, hey. I had no clue who it fucking was. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, you know it was you. You had your mask on and everything. I'm yeah. like, oh, cool, man. Just someone saying hi, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these days, incognito, you know, just go out. Because our lakes are so heavily pressured. Yeah, yeah. And you want to have the motivation for people to, you know, to be part of the fishing industry and the business and help it grow. But also, you know, keep, you know, what's sacred to you and between yeah. your friends and like don't burn those bridges where you've built that equity and that relationship with people. It's like, you know, like the, the whole aspect of this journey is learning and, and growing and, and having a, a good character as you, as you go through life. Because I've re- we've run into many of those characters where like they come and they just take and take yeah. and take and they don't put back in the pot. So... So we want to change that. Like, hey, how does that look like as uh, a community that becomes central fugal to like the the our our area or the the world? Like what we're doing here as a toy drive. Like we want to give back to the community mm-hmm. to the kids that are unfortunate. And for me, like I was an unfortunate kid as well. But we we I've I've taken it as a blessing. And and you know, here I am now. Like you know, family life, kid. And, and I still love what I do. I'm still a fisherman at the, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know anything, but I'm learning everything, you know? Don't believe that. Well, you know God, he tries to say something positive and Shane shits on him. <laughs> of like, course yeah, Shane would. No, not the message. <laughs> the part about him not knowing anything. <laughs> um, let's uh, 
plug all your guys' stuff. Thank you for doing this panel, like I said. I just want to do some small panels with guys that have supported the podcast and guys I want to support. And all three of these guys have been a big part of the podcast and uh, coming on and opening up when it's really hard to get people to open up sometimes. So, um, Shane, let's plug any sponsors, anything like you have. Phoenix Rods, Bottom Dweller Baits. Cast and Crank. Thank you. Cast and Crank. That's That's it. it, You know what? I want to say something. Thank you very much for doing what you do, raising what you raise, gathering all these toys, and actually putting it into the cause. I know there's a lot of organizations out there that don't do that, but you do, and I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, if it wasn't for all these people, man, we wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you to everyone here as well. Um, Stefan, plug away. Save on everything, dude. Man, uh, Z Plug Lures. My boy Greg. Um, I wish he was here. I wish uh, you guys can get to hear him. Um, he's just a master at his craft, just like Butch. And um, definitely big respects to him and Rob and Shane for, for being mentors to me as I'm growing up. Kept, kept a big protection over me because I'm just a young, nice guy just going around smiling everywhere, you know. So I learned how to be a lot more quiet. But um, Save on Tackle, Sims, Sims Apparel. Um, these guys are just showing me love and, and definitely thank, thank you to, to you and what you're doing here and we're, we're happy to be part of it. So. Well, thank you. Like, it's hard, like I said, it's hard to get people to open up and uh, I don't want to burn anyone's bite either. You know, like there's shit I don't want to have anyone open up. So I appreciate everyone that comes on and kind of gives me the time to really talk for SoCal especially. So we're going to do raffle now, guys, as a present. Um, I guess we're going to do a Coastal 200. It's a nice reel, right guys? Let's try it.